Hey, hey, hey! Welcome back to Dan's Miscellaneous Ramblings, episode 345. Uh, again, I'm probably going to be changing that episode title soon, but uh, we're not getting into that right now. Welcome to the Long-Term Nuclear Waste Warning episode, which is where we're going to be talking about some of the long-term nuclear waste warning messages that have been either proposed or that are currently being used on some nuclear waste storage sites. So... Uh, it should be should be kind of an interesting one. Basically, they're communication attempts intended to deter human intrusion at nuclear waste repositories in the far future, um, within or above the order of magnitude of 10,000 years. Nuclear semiotics is an inter- interdisciplinary field of research first done by the American Human Interference Task Force in 1981. Uh, so, a uh, 19... 19- 93 report of Sandia National Laboratories recommended that such messages be constructed at several levels of complex- complexity. They should be include foreboding. <clears throat> Excuse me, something caught in my throat. Forbord- foreboding physical features, which would immediately convey to future visitors that the site is both man-made and dangerous, as well as pictographic information attempting to convey some details of the danger and written explanations for those able to read it. Basically. We need ways of talking to people after English possibly has died out, maybe even after humans have died out, that really, really dangerous things that they should not touch are stored there. It's sort of a safety for anything that comes after us uh, type thing, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, a 1993, the same 1993 report aimed to communicate a series of messages non-linguistically to any future visitors to a waste site. It gave the following wording as an example of what those messages should evoke. And honestly, these are just incredible. <clears throat> this place is a message and part of a system of messages. Pay attention to it. Sending this message was important to us. We considered ourselves to be a powerful culture. This place is not a place of honor. No highly esteemed deed is commemorated here. Nothing valued is here. What is here was dangerous and repulsive to us. This message is a warning about danger. The danger is in a particular location. It increases towards the center. The center of danger is here, of a particular size and shape, and below us. The danger is still present in our t- in your time as it was in ours. The danger is to the body, and it can kill. The da- form of the danger is an emanation of energy. The danger is unleashed only if you substantially disturb this place physically. It is best left shunned and left uninhabited. Um, which I just think is incredibly metal. The Sandia report further recommended that any such message should comprise the following four, following four levels of increasing complexity. Rudimentary information, something man-made is here. Cautionary, then, something man-made is here, and it is dangerous. Then the basic information, which tells what, why, when, where, who, and how. And complex, which is the highly d- detailed written records, tables, figures, graphs, ma- graphs maps, and diagrams. So the... Written messages, uh, the Waste Isolation Pilot Plant has done extensive research in development of written or pictorial messages to warn future generations, since today's written languages are unlikely to survive. The research team has considered pictograms and hostile architecture in addition to them, which hostile architecture is just really, really cool. 
I mean, except for when it's anti-homeless, which is kind of awful. I hate all that. But the hostile architecture is, uh, it's like a cool dystopian concept to me. Like it's disgustingly horrible in practice, especially when it like, it's like, oh, our entire purpose is to prevent homeless people from sleeping. Like that's kind of, that's just really annoying, really awful. But it's, bless me. Um, anyway, but that being said, if I had a castle and I could put a bunch of spikes on it, I totally would. So anyway, texts were proposed to be translated to every UN written language. In 1994, level two, three, and four messages were translated from English into French, Spanish, Chinese, Arabic, Russian, and Navajo, with plans to continue testing and revision of the original English text and subsequent eventual translation into further languages. Conceptual designs for the waste isolation pilot plant included an information center at the geometric center of the site. It would be an open structure of solid granite or concrete measuring 40 by 32 by 10 feet, or 12.2 meters by 9.8 by 3.0, and contain the level 4 messages. The plans include the suggestion that the building be designed so as to create a dissonant and mournful whistling sound when the wind blew through it, acting as a level 1 message. Working as part of the Human Interference Task Force in 1981, film was flicked from the... Oh, God. Okay, it's a it's a place in Budapest, so, like, forgive me if I get this wrong, but... Ertfos Lorand University proposed the installation of warning signs in the most glo- in most important global languages in a concentric pattern around any terminal storage location. As time passed, further signs would be added, translating their earlier signs, and with the earlier ones remaining in place. So that way, there would be like sort of an evolution of language about it. So if it was a bunch of humans that, and like we stayed humans, we'll hopefully be able to continue translating that. The Sandia report explored designs for physical markers which conveyed the concepts of dangerous emanations. Um, shapes that evoke bodily harm, and the concept of shunned land that appears destroyed or poisoned. The Here are some of the suggestions. Landscape of thorns, a mass of many irregularly sized spikes protruding from the ground in all directions. A spike field, which is a series of extremely large spikes em- emerging from the ground at different angles. Um, spikes bursting through a grid, a large square grid pattern across the site, from through which large spikes protrude at various angles. Menacing earthworks. Large amounts of earth sh- shaped like lightning bolts, emanating from the squ- edges of a square site. The shapes would be strikingly visible from the air or from the artificial hills constructed around the site. A black hole. A, an enormous slab of basalt or black-dyed concrete rendering the land uninhabitable and unfarmable. Uh, rubble sca- landscape. A large square-shaped pile of dynamated rock, uh, which over time would still appear anomalous and give a sense that something has been destroyed. And finally, my personal favorite, Forbidding Blocks, a network of hundreds of house-sized stone blocks dyed black and arranged in an irregular square grid, suggesting a network of streets which feel ominous and lead nowhere. The blocks are intended to make a large area entirely unsuitable for farming or other future use. The Forbidding Blocks, I mean... (coughs) It's like Minecraft maxing right there. 
I just, I love that. That is, it's so awful and dystopian, and that bit is just really cool to me. I'm sorry, it just is. There's a bunch of cultural research as well. Uh, to determine how to convey long-term nuclear warning messages, the Zeitschrift uh, für Semiotik from Tübingen, Germany, issued a poll in 1982 and 83, asking how a message might be communicated for a duration of 10,000 years. The poll asked the following question, how would it be possible to inform our descendants for the next 10,000 years about the storage locations and dangers of radioactive waste? It led to some of the following answers. <clears throat> Thomas Sebok. Um, who is a linguist and a member of the Bechtel Working Group, uh, built on earlier suggestions made by Alvin Weinberg and Arsene Darnay, he proposed, proposed a creation of the Atomic Priesthood, a panel of experts whose members will be replaced through nominations by a council. Similar to the Catholic Church, which has preserved and authorized its message for almost 2,000 years, the Atomic Priesthood would have to preserve the knowledge about locations and dangers of radioactive waste by creating rituals and myths. <clears throat> the priesthood would indicate off-limits areas and the consequences of disobedience. Um, it has a number of critical problems, and it just starts listing them. The atomic priesthood would gain political influence based on the contingencies that would oversee. It would favor the creation of hierarchies. It could be split. The message could be split into independent parts, and information of waste sites would gain grant power to a privileged class. People outside this group might attempt to seize this information by force. So probably not going to have an atomic priesthood, though that is the most Fallout thing I have ever heard. And I'm... Uh, hold on, I have to write that down. Putting that in a D&D game. Uh, I'll send it to my Discord server and they just won't know what I'm going on about. Atomic Priesthood. <clears throat> Alright. Then, St uh, Stanislaw Lem, who is a Polish science fiction author, proposed the creation of artificial satellites that would transmit information from their orbit to Earth for millennia. He also described a biological coding of DNA in a mathematical sense, which would reproduce itself automatically. Information plants would only grow near a terminal storage site and would inform humans about the danger. The DNA of so-called atomic flowers would contain the necessary data about the location and its contents. Lem acknowledged the problem with this idea was that humans would be unlikely to know about the meaning of atomic flowers 10,000 years later, and thus unlikely to decode the DNA and search for information. But that's also a really, really cool idea. Thank you, science fiction authors, for joining this fight. Oh, I love that. That's so cool. Oh my god. <laughs> um, Francois... Uh, Bastide and Paolo Fabri, French author and Italian semiotician, who a uh, semiotician is just uh, someone who is in the systematic study of design processes of uh, basically the, the study of making things, uh, making signs usually. Uh, but anyway, proposed the breeding of so-called radiation cats or ray cats. 
Cats have a long history of cohabitation with humans, and this approach assumes that their domestication will continue indefinitely. These radiation cats would significantly change in color when they came in near radioactive emissions and serve as living indicators of danger. To transport the message, the importance of the cats would need to be set in the collective awareness through fairy tales and myths. Those fairy tales and myths could in turn be transmitted through poetry, music, and painting. As a, res as a response, the podcast night 99% Invisible commissioned a musician Emperor X to write a song about Ray Cats for a 2014 X episode about long-term nuclear waste warning messages. This song, called 10,000 Year Earworm, to discourage settlement near nuclear waste repositories, in parentheses, don't change color, kitty, was designed to be so catchy and annoying that it might be handed down from generation to generation over a span of 10,000 years. Later in 2016, the story in the, of the original project was depicted in the short documentary, The Raycat Solution. Unfortunately, I have never heard this song, so that is unfortunately not the, uh, not, perhaps not the solution to this problem. That being said, glowing cats. That's pretty good, I gotta say. Um, I like that almost more than the flowers. All right. And then Vilmos Vogt, who we talked about earlier from that Buddhist professional university, and I'm not going to try and say that again, proposed the installation of warning signs, uh, and he was the person with the, the concentric pattern along the location and talking about the newer signs uh putting in new languages as well but not removing the old ones newer signs would be posted further away from the location thus the warning would be understandable as languages change it would be possible to understand the older languages through translation making sort of a the world's most dangerous rosetta stone which is probably the most practical solution we've seen so far but also come on Come on, radiation flower, ray cats, ray cats. We could have ray cats. Emil Kowalski, uh, who's a physicist from Baden, Sweden, proposed the terminal storage locations be constructed in such a way that future generations could reach them only with a high technical ability. The probability of an unwanted breach would then become extremely small. Furthermore, cultures able to perform such excavations and drilling would most certainly be able to detect radioactive material and be aware of its dangers. The question is just how do you make something <clears throat> that future that would be impossible to access without high technical ability? Because frankly, enough dynamite will open pretty much anything. Enough TNT. So that that would be the main issue there. And then that's unfortunately the end of this Wikipedia page. But there's also lots of other stuff. Everything from aerial denial, which is just a defensive device for keeping people out deep time a term uh to what is deep time uh wait what the philosophical concept of geological time was developed in the 18th century it was a deist wait what Okay, I will read up on that, and I will come back to you when I have an actual explanation. But uh, I'm sure there's not going to be no long-term radioactive nuclear waste warning message jokes. Uh, so we're just going to put in nuclear jokes, and we're just gonna we're just gonna do that. We're just gonna do that. Hundred one best from upjoke.com. Um, excuse me. Excuse me. 
Uh, okay. So, cockroaches can survive a nuclear blast, but can't survive a slap from a newspaper. Shows how toxic the media is. Eh, why not? I'll count it. Anyway, it's time for the song that's been in my mind all episode. And the song that's been in my mind all episode... Eh, I don't know. You know, we're going to go with You Reposted in the Wrong Neighborhood by Shock. That's what we're going to do. You know, the two to the one to the one to the three. And, uh, you know, it goes on from there. Anyway, I hope you all have a wonderful day. Join my Discord. Uh, join my Podbean. Uh, get the Podbean app to join the live shows. That sort of stuff. Give me money. Hope you all have a wonderful day. And I will catch you all next time. Goodbye. <laughs>